0: Sands Pants Radio, Australia's dumbest podcast network.
2: This is News Fighters, where we fight the news so you don't have to. With Dylan Behan.
0: Hello everyone, welcome to News Fighters. News Fighters is a comedic look at the week's news hosted by me, Dylan Bain. Coming up on this week's show, I talk to DJ, chef, podcaster and children's author... Andrew Levin's about some weird social distancing DJ gigs he's had to do over the past year.
1: And the weirdest rule was that you weren't allowed to sing. Jeez. Could people hum hum along? (laughs) Yeah, I guess, yeah, at a a low enough level, Dylan.
0: Also stick around because joining me is interview guest AI Anthony Bourdain. Now, I know that I'm meant to be on uh, holidays this week, but one of my favorite things to do on holidays is uh, create all new episodes of Newsfighters. So indulge me as I decide to take a look at Russia this week. Now, you know Russia. It's the country famous for poisoning its political opponents, systematic sports doping, corrupt billionaire oligarchs, murdering journalists. Journalists, And worst of all, the 2002 hit, All the Things She Said, by Tattoo. Now, Russian President Vladimir Putin has been more or less in charge for 21 years now, and despite all the dead journalists and opposition leaders, he has managed to keep one tradition alive, and that's having an annual, over-the-top TV call-in show called Direct Line with Vladimir Putin. The marathon phone-in session has become one of Vladimir Putin's annual showpieces It's billed as a chance for the presidents to hear real people, real problems. Yes, and this year was no exception. Vladimir Putin again turned up to a gigantic TV studio, which kind of looks like a space shuttle command centre, crossed with a call centre where there's dozens of masked... I assume, volunteers on computers sorting through the hundreds of thousands of questions that everyday Russians have uh, sent in to ask their their dear leader, which uh, you'll hear throughout this podcast episode, read by the finest English language interpreters that Russian threats and intimidation could buy. So on this year's direct line, held at the end of June, uh, everyday Russians finally got their chance to confront Putin with hard-hitting questions like this.
3: If all of your political opponents are dead, in prison, poison. Doesn't that send a message that you do not want a fair political fight?
0: No, sorry, that was actually an American journalist at the Biden-Putin Summit press conference in Switzerland in June. Here's some of the actual
4: heart-eating questions
0: for Putin from
4: Direct Line. Mr. President, what uh, is the secret of happiness? What are your dreams? What's your stance on diets? Uh, What kind of games did you like to play, uh... When you were young, who irons your shirts uh, and prepares your clothes? Whoa, not sure how he's ever going to recover from that grilling. I mean, as, as Putin himself says,
0: Accountability is key. Yes, and as Putin also says about the direct line show, The most relevant issues are being selected. Yes, only the most relevant issues. I mean, it's, it's 2021. It's not like the old Soviet days. Surely people aren't going to be phoning in with boring questions about potato prices.
5: Another question is about potatoes. How did this price even happen?
0: Oh, and boy, oh boy, do not get Putin started on potatoes. Yes,
3: potatoes, carrots, something we use to cook borsh. Last year, we didn't have enough food products produced locally, we had potatoes, well, 12.5 million tonnes. And hopefully we will have enough potatoes to cover all the needs. And by the way, in terms of wheat, we now are trying to
0: hold the prices on bread. Well, look, say what you will about the Australian political leadership at the moment, at least Scott Morrison hasn't also botched the potato and bread rollout on top of the vaccine rollout. Let's not put Greg Hunt in charge of the wheat harvest, or we could be in real trouble come hot cross bun time. And speaking of COVID vaccines, these were also a hot topic during the uh, call-in show. (laughs) See if you can guess why that might be. Russia recorded a record 669
1: COVID-19 deaths in the last day. Infection levels in the Russian capital are on par with last winter. Authorities blaming the Delta variant. But with only 14% of Russians fully vaccinated, vaccine scepticism is playing a
0: role too. Yes, hard to believe there's (laughs) vaccine hesitancy in a country... Where this happens...
2: Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny has been investigating his poisoning with a nerve agent. He's revealed he phoned the Russian spas suspected of trying to kill him to try to get them to confess. And one of them told him the poison was in his underwear. <laughs>
1: well, imagine underpants and in what place?
0: The insights... The groin. Yes, of course, in a country where people are literally afraid to put on their pants in the morning, they're also going to be scared to be injected with a vaccine that's made by the government that was miraculously approved before any of the world's other COVID vaccines and is named after Sputnik, the 1950s spacecrafts which crashed back to Earth and also exploded, killing the dog that was on board. It's a bit like if the Brits had named their vaccine Grenfell or mad cow disease instead of AstraZeneca. It's, it's maybe not the association you want with a life-saving vaccine. And also in Russia, many are finding that they can't get vaccinated because you're ineligible if you've had COVID in the last six months. Uh, And that seems to be a lot of people, including one of the co-hosts of Direct Line herself.
3: And I do recommend to take a shot.
0: And did you?
5: No, I was just infected and it's too early for me.
0: Jesus, COVID is so widespread in Russia, she talks about it the same way we talk about coffee. COVID? No, I just had one, thanks. Anyways, to get rid of some of this vaccine hesitancy, Putin finally declared on the broadcast that he has had the Russian Sputnik vaccine.
3: I need to be protected for as long as possible, so my decision was to get a Sputnik V jab. Yes, Putin got vaccinated, so let's have a look at the footage of that. As for The video? Well, I don't think it's that important
0: to record it all and then broadcast it nationwide. Not important? But how do you expect people to have confidence in the locally manufactured vaccine if there isn't footage of you jumping the queue to get vaccinated with the expensive imported one? You know, like Scott Morrison did with Pfizer back in February. The first Pfizer jabs were dispensed to a handful of the most vulnerable. Those on the front line and to inspire confidence, Australia's chief nurse and Prime Minister. What we're demonstrating today is our confidence. I am supremely confident. Yes, not confident enough to get the AstraZeneca one, though, it seems. So Putin said it wasn't filmed because uh, maybe it was going to get injected into his ass, I think.
3: And if that would be not my shoulder but some other part of the body, would that mean I'll have to shoot just as well? No.
0: Yes, Putin, the action man president, of course, has been filmed fishing, hunting and horseback riding without a shirt on. But now he's too shy to show you his shoulder on camera. Anyways, this whole sham of a call-in show goes for almost four hours. Can you believe that? There's not even any cooking challenges or celebrities in masks singing. And of course, being Russia, you know, nobody's ever voted off. Anyways, I noticed there was definitely a pattern to all the questions and the people selected and how they were dealt with through the whole thing. It kind of went like this. First of all, uh, disenchanted Russians from across the country would ring in with uh, local grievances about everything from price gouging to underpayment of wages, to unpaid benefits, to environmental degradation. Here's a quick cross-section of people's complaints to give you an idea of what kind of a failed state Russia appears to be right now.
5: Salaries uh, of firemen should be at least as high as the minimum wage. Please, uh, it has not been implemented correctly.
4: Could you please deliver uh, vaccines uh, to the Donetsk and Lugansk republics? (laughs)
5: Many houses are dilapidated, and as for the roads, well, you know how the situation is all over the country.
4: The depth of uh, potholes sometimes reaches meters. Uh, For example, in our municipality there are two chemical lakes.
5: The sewage system is in terrible state. And uh, we have so many problems, we would like your help.
0: Yes, help us, Vladimir, they say. We've approached all the corrupt local officials and they just ignore us.
5: When we try to contact the authorities, they tell us that everything is in order, everything is fine.
4: (laughs) We have approached all kinds of authorities and everywhere we got the same answer.
5: I contacted the, government, uh, the governor and all the relevant offices and no one can tell me. And then Vlad
4: says two things. First, I can't believe this is happening. This should not happen. <laughs> the numbers that you spoke about are just baffling. It is illegal to deny him these benefits. And I believe this was not the right decision to make. Then Putin says, well, leave it with me. I'm going to reach out to the local authorities, make sure this gets looked at. And we'll talk to the regional authorities. And I assure you, I'm going to talk to the head of the Republic about that. And I will talk to the governor
3: of the region. That's something your governor should be in charge of. And I will make sure that he will be in charge of this problem. There is no such problem. It's just
0: gone away. And who knows if any of these problems even get fixed. There's no Putin's direct line revisited episode where they catch up with the original contestants to see if their back wages got paid or their acid lakes were cleaned up. For me, this grab kind of summed up the whole show.
5: We have over 2,200,000 questions, and a lot of them concern the waste disposal.
0: Yes, waste disposal, which is also where I wish I could put this TV show after wasting four hours of my life watching it, but... Being a live TV event, things didn't go entirely as Putin planned. As someone ringing up did go off script to ask a question about uh, some unpaid benefits. And ha, a boy, oh boy, did they get a good shouting at from one of the hosts.
5: I was eligible for some benefits, but then I was stripped of this status. Sorry, but you sent in uh, a question about rehab after... Coronavirus. Yes, both.
0: Yes, if I was that guy, I would be checking my underpants very carefully for the next 20 years. Anyways, at the end of the almost four-hour whinge fest where nothing got fixed and uh, many annoyed fingers were waved, it was all declared a massive success.
5: Okay, just a couple of uh, words about how much our volunteers have accomplished during uh, this direct Q&I session. They helped with uh, deliveries of medical equipment. Uh, they helped with sawing down the tree that was dangerous for local residents and so on and so forth. So as we see, this is what happens every year uh, when people start reporting the problems uh, they have. Everything starts going into motion and officials are taking action. Yeah guys, don't
0: you know, this is exactly how a representative and accountable modern democracy is supposed to work. Everything is in a perpetual state of inertia plagued by corruption and on the brink of collapse until, thanks to you calling into a bombastic over-the-top annual TV show, you finally get your tree cut down and some medicine delivered. And so with direct line over for another year, Russia is perfect once again. But with Putin recently abolishing his own term limits, on top of outlawing the main political opposition, well, you know it's going to be a while before the people of Russia get to do any political...
5: Waste disposal.
2: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring.
0: Okay, so to film news now, and it seems that being dead no longer stops you from doing voiceover work.
1: Anthony Bourdain helps tell his own story in his own words in the new documentary Roadrunner. But the director of the documentary, Morgan Neville, revealed it's not all Bourdain's voice. Instead, he used artificial intelligence software to replicate Bourdain's voice on a few quotes in the film. Yes, controversially,
0: Anthony Bourdain is back from the dead in AI form. And here on News we have no ethical issues with any of this whatsoever. So, we've lined up an exclusive interview with AI Anthony Bourdain right here, right now. Anthony, welcome to Newsfighters. Fuck you, man. Uh... Okay, so so what's your opinion on uh, documentary makers using AI to make dead people say things that they've never said? It's a really stupid idea. And what would you like to say to the director who did this to you? Fuck you, man. A- and what would you like to do to him? Bang, 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 bang with a two by four. Okay, and uh, finally, what do you think of this segment? Really stupid. Okay, well, we'll have to leave it there. Thanks for coming on Newsfighters. AI. Anthony Bourdain. Fuck you, man. All right, we're well, moving on to another chef interview. Uh, before the current Sydney lockdown, I interviewed local chef, podcaster, DJ, children's author, and all-around Sydney legend Andrew Levens about his career and what it was like DJing in the pandemic year that was 2020. So yes, apologies if this interview uh, sounds a little bit out of date, but uh, we definitely thought uh, COVID was in the rearview mirror at the time. Anyways, here it is. Thanks again, Andrew Levens. Okay, joining me now on News Fighters is Andrew Levins, also known as Levins. He is a man of many skills and talents. He's, I'd say, one of Sydney's best DJs. He's got so many podcasts on Sans Pants I can barely keep up and he's a he's a well-known children's author what have i missed out Levin?s what what else do you do how do you how do you describe yourself at, at parties if people ask what you do for a living <laughs> i'm really
1: bad at it i'm just like oh yeah yeah, yeah. you know dj i guess but when <laughs> i mean i i, I get like yeah, a lot of interviews and things like that where people will be like oh he's a really good dj um and more often than not they're bullshitting but you have um you, I've known you for like two decades, I think, at least.
0: Probably, yeah. I rem- first time I met you, I think, was like, "This is not art," up in Newcastle, like two thousand two yeah, cool. or two thousand three or something. I was DJing up there at the time. Is that where are you from? Newcastle? Way or Sydney originally? No,
1: they, they they got me to book um book acts there, um around. Maybe I think it was just up when when we were there. I think we were both DJing. Maybe yeah. But yeah, yeah no. I mean, so I guess now what have I got? I, I guess you could say food critic. You could say ex chef. Oh, yes. Um, did you say dad? Dad's a pretty big one.
0: Dad's the biggest job of all. Dad uh, influencer. Yeah, that's right. You used to run the the uh, kitchen at uh, Good God, didn't you?
1: Yeah, n- nightclub in Sydney, yeah, called The Dip.
0: Amazing. Um,
1: every time I'm reminded of things from the restaurant, I'm I'm reminded of how happy I am that I don't have a restaurant anymore.
0: There's <laughs> a, lot, a lot of stress. Um, and yeah. talk us through all your podcasts. I think the one I know the most is Hey Fam with uh Angus Truscott how do you do uh, name all your podcasts how do you have time for them all
1: um so I've literally just finished recording all the small games which is my indie games podcast that I um record with one of my oldest friends John Valenzuela um that's a you know it's it's all my podcasts are like yeah maybe you'll learn something but more often than not it's just about how my my fun friendships, I guess, like, you that's know, right. And, and that we, and the things we enjoy as friends. Um, but yeah, so all the small games is video games, like independent video games. Uh, and that comes out every Monday ish. And then, Hey fam, I recall with Angus, um, which is every Wednesday ish, um, which is kind of pop culture, but more often than not, just us talking about like McDonald's and, Bad sequels. Um, and then uh, we do PayFam as well, which is our Patreon exclusive, but it's like a whole other hour of, of podcasts. So, HeyFam is two hours of my week every week. Uh, and then on like, a semi-monthly rotation is serious issues, which used to be a weekly comic book podcast, but um, we both had kids, and the idea of really keeping up with weekly comics, is just very daunting. Um, and then I, I have a food podcast called The Mitchin, but that is not that's been on hiatus for a year now.
0: And of course, I know you mostly from uh, DJ. Now, the reason I wanted to talk to you is there's this great article they interviewed you in Junkie uh, about your year of being a DJ during a pandemic. When there was no dance floors. Everyone thinks Sydney was kind of back to normal with COVID, but we had... A whole year without without nightclubs and dancing, didn't we? How did you? Yeah. Um, and you're pretty much a full time DJ, uh, which is um, quite an amazing accomplishment, uh, given the lockout laws and everything. Um, but yeah, how did you get through the year without any without any DJ gigs? I know I know weddings are usually, that's I made a bit of cash doing weddings. It's always a good earner. There weren't even those really, were there?
1: Yeah, no. I, I think I played um, from March to December. I would have played one wedding um, throughout all of last year. Uh, I had all, I had pretty much like maybe four months of gigs booked um, in, and and they all just went went goodbye um, in March uh, at the start of lockdown. I had to just I, I had to just kind of accept that all all that revenue was was not going to exist. Like so the big thing was like yeah, there there was gigs, there were gigs um, last year, like towards the end of last year and the beginning of this year, but it was mostly bar work, um, which means like. It's not as not as not as well paid for for a DJ, which is understandable because you. You have less of a role to play. You're there to provide a vibe, as opposed yeah, to, yeah. as opposed to like. No, I've done a few years. A I've done floor. a few
0: years of that, and it, you just feel like you're playing background music for people having dinner. But yeah. hey, I don't yeah. mind it.
1: <laughs> no, totally, and, I, and, I, and I'm not going to complain about it because it was very generous. And you know, in, in in days of today, where we have like you know these very intuitive Spotify and, and Apple Music playlists that restaurants could just put on, yeah. tailor made for them. That's you know, you're never going to hear the same song twice. It'll you know provide the mood you want. Um, I'm very grateful to be get get. get you know, I was very grateful to get. Continued work, um, you know, essentially playing a a soundtrack for people to talk over. When you say that there's no dance floor, it meant that, like, people had to sit down on on their chair. They could only get up to get a drink. They were not allowed to mingle with tables next to them. Um, And the weirdest rule was that you weren't allowed to sing. So, Jeez. you could talk, but you couldn't wow. sing along to could people your, hum, um, hum along? <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, like, like, at, at, a, at a low enough level, Dylan. Yeah. Um, but Man, it so- it the- sounds
0: awful, but didn't um, Anastasia Palaszczuk say like, oh, nightclubs are open and everyone has to sit down. They can still enjoy the music. It's like, it doesn't quite work. Like- <laughs> That's yeah, not what I- DJs want. It doesn't quite work like that.
1: I definitely, like, I, I, I didn't feel like I was serving a purpose for a while, but I wasn't going to complain about it because I needed the money. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like I, I would, there were a few nights where I was like, you know what, I'm going to really make these people's nights. Like they they clearly want a good fun party night. And so I would, I would play, you know, fun party songs from, from, you know, from yesteryear to remind them of days that once were <laughs> wonderful. And I uh, would play sing-along songs and... People would like actually start singing along and like doing dancing while sitting down with their hands in in the air and you know waving from side to side. It was like corny, but it's fun, you know. Yeah, right. and uh, I was, I filmed it on my on my on my on my phone because I was like, oh wow, well, like you know you can have fun in the clubs now even with these rules. And then. Everyone at that table got kicked out. <laughs> oh, my
0: God. The COVID marshal came around for, and was yeah, like- Yeah,
1: exactly. For, for no singing, waving your for arms singing. around. Exactly. You know, so, it really was like just such a strange time where you, like you, your job as a DJ was to not, you had to not let people have fun, which is just the opposite of what I'm used to.
0: Yeah, it was hard. It was hard. I had a gig like that once where I was like, uh, no, no, no one's allowed. It was pre-COVID, but it's like, no dancing. No one's allowed to dance. And these people were so drunk. They were just dancing to whatever I was playing. So I was like trying to play obscure shit to stop them dancing. And yeah. eventually they all play got kicked out and tones. I was fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was pretty funny. And then what, what else uh, during the past pandemic year? A, uh, a lot of DJs got into tw- uh, Twitch streaming. I understand you took a different tact.
1: Yeah, so I have um, a Patreon uh, like Patreon accounts for all of my podcasts. So if you want bonus content, you sign up to the Patreon. It's, you know, five bucks a month or whatever. And you get, you know, with HeyFam, for example, you get an extra episode every single week. With some of my other ones, it's, you know, one a, one a month. Um, so I thought, why not try and do this for DJing? So I started a mixtape service, um, which means if you sign up for $5 a month, you get what started out as one mixtape a month um, and now became, uh, it's like two two mixtapes a month plus a podcast every now and then. Yeah, so it's basically me doing like really indulging myself in like the extreme music nerdery that I'm capable of and um, getting obsessed with an artist or a producer or a genre and making like a one to one and a half hour long mix of, you know, like properly mixed music. And so I've done like a Kanye samples mix, and MF Doom samples mix when MF Doom died. Um, And then I did like, you know, very ambitious ones, like uh, 1990s dance songs in 90 minutes.
0: Right. So Um, you'd have to change the song every 60 seconds. <laughs> yes.
1: And so it's like, oh I, I, I've, I've put it on at, at my gym before. Like we, <laughs> I do classes there and they put it on in the stereo there and it was perfect. Oh, it was like right. Yep. Yep. Incredible, Amazing. upbeat, like and the song changes every every exercise basically. Um, but yeah, I put, I put a lot of effort into these mixes. And so there'd be about like 200 people that have signed up for that Patreon. And it kind of, it, yeah, one, it provided me with something to do when there were no gigs. But um, it's like they're also, I mean, now I have like this like... I have I think 27 or t- tomorrow I'm putting another one up. So it'll be 28, 28 new mixes, um, that I've made in just over a year. I mean, my previous record of mixtapes in one year was, I think 10. Um, Crazy so this guy. is a, a huge step up and it is a lot of work, but it's, it's great putting a mix out and immediately getting feedback from everyone who subscribes. Um, they, okay. some of them love the corny stuff, some of them love the hip hop stuff, some of them love the very uh
0: And it's all different genres because you've got a dad rock one, right? <laughs> like Yeah, I've got, mate, I've
1: got four dad rocks one, <laughs> dad rock ones. And if you're aware of the the upcoming calendar events, you know that Mother's Day's just around the corner. Oh yes. It's high time yes. I made a mum rock mix.
0: Amazing, amazing. I'll definitely yeah, the, the 90s 90s songs sounds perfect for next time I go to the gym. But that'll be that'll be a good 2 or 3. I don't do 90 minutes straight at the gym. That'll be a good 2 or 3. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Come Let's on, want something up. to work towards. <laughs>
0: exactly uh, and then what what's the future hold uh, I know I was looking back on uh, doing my taxes and uh, and before the lockout laws, I was even a mediocre DJ like myself was making a pretty good living being a DJ in Sydney. And then I feel like the lockout laws kind of decimated. Now they've kind of technically got rid of the lockout laws. Venues still close at 3.30, I think, which is not quite as late as, as they used to be. As I'm I a
1: dad be. now. I, I am grateful for the, That's the closing a little bit earlier than they used to. But yeah, that, I mean, the main thing is that you, you can leave a venue at one thirty and get into another venue after that time. That, right. that was the main, the main point, the main... The main law of the lockout laws was, yeah, like you couldn't get into a new venue post one thirty, which yep, is just yep. so shit for venues and, and parties in general, because, you know, once you hit one thirty that's as busy as your party's going to be. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and if you're doing like a techno party or whatever, like those things don't kick off until two, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, DJing is obviously still a big part of, of my life. Um, but. Outside of DJing, um, I started writing kids' books. Um, My first one came out last year. It's called Nelson um, Pumpkins and Aliens. Um, And then at the start of this year, um, my second book in the Nelson series, Nelson Broccoli and Spies, came out. And I have a third book coming out, Nelson eggplants and dinosaurs and that's coming out in august they're all published by penguin books
0: uh, awesome and uh we look forward to seeing you uh djing around sydney and um on all your amazing sans Pants podcasts as well thank you and so much man andrew levins thanks for coming on news farters. thanks Cheers. for having me this
1: sound like you just said news farters Has anyone brought that up before ah fa- uh, ah uh, it, it it
0: have i got have i got a south african accent after watching news farters. teacher? A little bit- news- yeah, welcome <laughs> to news farters <laughs> All right. Thanks, man.
1: <laughs> Thank you.
0: Okay, everyone. That's News Fighters for today. News Fighters is written, produced, and edited by me, Dylan Bain, for Sans Pants Radio. Making news comedy is what I do. Maybe I can do it for you. If you want to support the show and hear monthly bonus episodes, uh, pay to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or subscribe on Patreon at patreon.com slash newsfighters or you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters. Also sign up for our free newsletter if you want to hear when new episodes are released at newsfighters.com. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Dosvidenia, and bye for now. This is Newsfighters, where we fight the news so you don't
2: have to. You know, fuck you, man.